Hello and welcome to the Gentleman's Journal podcast, our fortnightly interview series all about success, modern business and the lives of entrepreneurs. I'm Joe Bullmore. I'll be your host for the day and I'm joined this afternoon by Joe Grossman, another Joe. But this Joe is the founder of Patty and Bun, who, as you probably know, makes some of London's finest burgers. In fact, for me, one of the toughest things in this whole lockdown business has been going without the usual indulgences at places like Patty and Bun, which might be why Joe Grossman launched his own DIY Patty and Bun kit all the way back in April, slightly ahead of the game on that one, so his customers could bring some of their favourite burgers into their own homes. And it's been, by all accounts, a roaring success. This is typical Joe Grossman, in fact, as you'll discover. Joe doesn't do things by halves. And he likes to charge into things all guns blazing and no holds barred and all those other cliches I could spout. But in this case, they're true. And they're almost certainly why Joe's company has been so successful in a relatively short period of time. In this episode, Joe and I talk about how the first people he spoke to told him that Patty and Bun was a terrible idea. Why his first ever lunch service at Patty and Bun was so bizarre. And how home delivery is changing the burger industry every single day enjoy. But before we begin, I'd love to tell you about the Clubhouse, a new kind of private members club brought to you by Gentleman's Journal. Clubhouse members get two bumper issues of Gentleman's Journal magazine delivered straight to their door, full of all those invaluable insights from the worlds of entrepreneurship, style, politics and culture that you'd expect, as well as exclusive deals with a range of partner brands, restaurants and hotels not to mention some lovely invitations to some very exciting events across the year. In fact, our podcast listeners, which is you, now get 20% off a Clubhouse annual membership, meaning you'll get the full Gentleman's Journal experience for just under £48 a year, which sounds a bit like a bargain to me. Just enter the code POD20 at thegentlemansjournal.com slash club. That's P-O-D-20 at thegentlemansjournal.com slash club. Right, on with the podcast. So, Joe, from Joe to Joe, how are you doing right now? Where are you? Uh, mate, so I am currently at the, I'm in a makeshift office, which is a couple of boxes and a stool and a nice cold Patty Pills beer at the back of our arch where we're doing all our DIY boxes production. So wow. um, not quite the same as pre-corona. But, um, you know, adapt, pivot, the words that are just getting completely overused. And that's all the the words I'm hearing right now. But I'm adapting. New environments, mate. So I'm coming at you from, uh, yeah, from our archway over in East London, where we're just sort of putting together our cardboard DIY home boxes. And what what are the home boxes? You, You can build a patty and bun burger at home. Is that the idea? So, Matt, I'm assuming you haven't ordered one then. Uh, no, I haven't yet. <laughs> that oh, would have been good research. On. You're right. You know, I'll have to send you one, bud. But um, yeah, I mean, it does what it says on the tin, so to speak, in, in the sense that it's um, it's our sort of cult classics, our Ori Gold Cheeseburger, our Smokey Robinson on the meat side. And then we've actually launched um, sort of second phase in. We launched our sort of vegan plant-based options. And it's uh, our DIY boxes, basically. So we what we do is sort of basically put together 80, 90% of all the prep and everything uh, that we would in a restaurant and everything like that. We package it all up with some lovely branding with a how-to card so you can purchase four. Uh, each box comes with four burgers and 
a lot of love, basically, and you'll, you'll order that to your doorstep, open up that box of joy and then cook it up, following yeah. the instructions, and you bam, you've got your Paddy and Bun experience, mate, at home. So Absolutely. a little bit of novelty, we launched it, mate, right when you could see that things were um, about to go, you know, into full lockdown. And it was just too, it was sort of one of those overnight things that, you know, when I suppose pre-corona, you like, you know, there's always an excuse. There's always something else going on. You've never got time. Um, But, you know, this was, we wanted to actually launch a barbecue box ages ago. But it was like, oh no, we don't have time. We're opening another site, whatever. And, um, you know, you can always make excuses. And and, and now it was like, hold on a second, actually. Wow, we're going to be closing up all our shops for, you know, for who knows how long. And for me, I just was, you know, as a brand, I, I really wanted to still keep that brand engagement, um, you know, with our followers and beyond. And equally, you know, important was to sort of look after our supplier ecosystem and try and just keep orders ticking through to our incredible butchers, uh, butcher yeah. HG Walter and, and Bread Ahead and our, and our uh, bun guys and, you know, just keep the wheels ticking, so to speak, and just, you know, keep engaging. So... Yeah, and it's been it's been a really really great success, which is which has been, I suppose, a silver lining um, yeah. in all this. You know, you can sit back in this. Obviously, hospitality's taken a taken a huge kicking, and it's it's incredibly sad because you know I got into hospitality because I love food and drink and I love the experience of going to a restaurant, um, yeah. and I'm craving to get back into the restaurants and and go yeah. out, but um, like. I suppose everyone, but the, the boxes for me has been just a really humbling experience in terms of what we can do as a team. Um, you know, when we all sort of work together from an internal perspective, but equally, you know, to see, uh, the demand from not only, you know, London, we have nine shops in London, one in Brighton, but outside of London, because we now do it nationwide all over. Um, and we've, you know, we've been sending boxes to like Inverness and, yeah, the valleys in Wales, mate, and Cornwall. It's just like, what is going on? This is amazing. That's great. And I think um, it's just been, yeah, it's just been, it's just been really, really incredible to have that engagement with people that can't or haven't ever got to the restaurants, or, or maybe you know, for a large yeah. proportion, have you know, before Corona, probably never heard of Patty. Um, yeah. And so, you know, it's been an amazing opportunity to sort of open, open the, the doors, so to speak, to, to a brand new audience. Patty and Bun is obviously known for its burgers, but also the restaurants have, a, have an energy, don't they? They have a vibe. What's it like walking past now your sites and seeing them boarded up and dark? And, oh, and, and, and mate, are you, mate, I've just, you've hit, you've hit a nerve. I'm sorry. <laughs> you've hit a nerve there, mate. I've just got a little tingle. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, you know, it's, well, currently now we, we're sort of graduating openings, obviously not eating until the government gives us more guidelines, but over the last sort of three weeks or so, we've been graduating, doing delivery, takeaway, click and collect, just trying to, you know, obviously kick on the grills and, and sort of start serving some pay and bun love to our local sort of, you know, communities and everything like that from each shop. But, you know, during lockdown, you know, we were all cycling around uh, past all the shops, checking in on them and stuff like that. And uh, I know, you know, everyone's, you know, unprecedented is a word that um, 
being used a lot, but it just is. It's just unprecedented what's going yeah. on. And you go through London especially, and it's like the apocalypse. And you're going past these shops that, you know, you, you said it right there, Joe, in terms of, you know, we, we really pride ourselves at Patty to try and create an amazing experience full of energy and life. And, and yeah. just good, good fucking vibes, excuse my French. But, um, <laughs> you know, we to see some of these sites like, you know, Jane Street, which is the mothership that we launched, you know, the first site, uh, best part nine years ago with, you know, newspaper up in the windows and, and, and just, you know, literally tumbleweed down the street. It's very, very saddening. Um, and, you know, these places, they mm. used to, like you say, a lot of life and soul and we have just the most incredible people that work at Patty. And I think that's what, you know, as much as the burgers people gravitate towards because it is that sort of, there's a spirit um, within each site that we work really hard on and, and it stands a great people. And I think, you know, when you see these sites empty and, and sort of life sucked out of them and soul sucked out of them, mm. yeah, it's pretty poignant to say the least, mate. But, yeah. you know, I'm, a, I'm an optimist and a positive, mate. So I'm like, bring it on. We're going to be back. We're coming Absolutely. back. Full force. Good. I can't wait. So let's go back to the start then for a second for people who don't know. You weren't always working in food and burgers, were you? What, what did you do before this? Oh, mate, I was, uh, I was lost. I've always absolutely had a, a, a sort of passion for food. But yeah, I sort of came out of uni. I was at Leeds University. And, you know, just typical university, you know, just having a good time and doing this and that and a lot of, a lot of partying. And... Um, Came out and then I was doing, I was sort of just dabbling in a, in a lot of bits and bobs. I was doing some marketing stuff. Um, and then I actually just fell into working in insurance in Lords of London, which anyone listening who works in insurance, I have nothing against you or insurance, but let's just put it like this. It definitely wasn't for me. Um, and, you know, I'm very much a person where if I'm not driven with something or I'm not really passionate about it, then, you know, I'm very restless. So it, I, I, I couldn't see myself there for a long time. And, and I think, you know, my work reflected it. And, you know, there's a point, you know, I got to a serious sort of crossroads where, you know, I just wanted to kamikaze out of fucking memory. And I just, you know, I've always had this burning desire uh, to get involved in food. And from a very young age, I just always, always loved cooking and, I can literally remember sort of way back in the day when Jamie Oliver was doing his like Naked Chef um, TV shows. And I just remember sort of watching those and being so sort of like, wow, it's amazing. And that's welcome food one day. And then, you know, it's always seemingly more like a pipe dream, but sort of got to a point and I was like, you know what? I'm at an age where I have sort of zero responsibilities and very, very green. So, um, and I had an amazing support structure from my family and everything like that. So it was very much, okay, let's, let's, what's the worst thing that can happen? Um, you know, let's go and get stuck in and I had a couple of contacts here and there. And so I sort of quit the suit, mate, got out of the suit. And the, yeah. um, as you'll see, mate, from this video call, mate, I'm not quite <laughs> suited and boot. I'm more, I look more like a Yeti right now. But, yeah, um, good look. Yeah, mate, so, mate, sort of, you know, crazy hobo look. But, um, <laughs> You know, I just, I sort of went full, full throttle into it. I ended up working at a, a restaurant in um, Borough Market called Rose, which is above the market. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it was just really at that stage, just trying to get 
inside and see the inner workings of, of how a restaurant actually operates, even though that was yeah. a sort of restaurant and operation that wasn't particularly my sort of taste or, or how I sort of envisaged, you know, what I do one day in terms of sort of pattern stuff. But just, you know, you just want to go and get your hands dirty. And I think that's, you know, I, I was um, at the time, I think when I started at Rose, that was something like 22 or something like that. Um, so all I had at that point was a, it was a huge passion for food and, and love going to restaurants. So it was, it was time to go and get my hands dirty and try and get a feel of, of the fabric of the restaurant and what goes on. Yeah. And then, you know, bit by bit, you know, started this crazy roller coaster um, whereby I knew I always wanted to do something myself or for myself and, and, and do my own thing and create something. And at the time, you know, I've always loved burgers and, I was in New York at the time and came across Shake Shack, behemoth of an incredible chain run by some incredible people that really understand hospitality. That's fun. And it was just inspiring. And this is when the world of food in London, you could really feel it start to shift. And it was, there was something sort of really magical about that time because people were super bored of, you know, that sort of high echelon dining there was either there's basically nothing in between. You know, there was yeah. there was your sort of top restaurants on top level you had to spend a lot of money to go to. And then there was just sort of like frets and chains and stuff like that. But then and then you had the odd, obviously great independent restaurants knocking around. But you didn't have like we have now an, an incredible sort of sector of I mean people call it fast casual or casual dining or everything like that. But um, you know, an approach to whether it was uh, a product like burgers or, you know, just Italian or you know a food type you know yeah. bringing a, a super amount of love passion and accessibility I suppose but doing it with that same level of dedication and love and quality that you would find in a really really top restaurant but in a much more relaxed environment it was just it was just a very exciting time mate. Yeah. and you know pop-ups were all the craze so to speak you know back then this was the best part of 10 years ago when mm. we started being the first pop-ups of pattern you know you're, you're just you're, you're scrambling you're just you know you've got something that's quite special i think but equally you're also incredibly naive and basically yeah haven't really got a scooby in terms of yeah. what you're doing you're just your driving force is just full-blown passion and naivety and, and, and you just want to create something that's incredibly quality driven value driven but with a really great emotional connection to the product and the customer that was that was the aim from sort of day one and i think of course you know people sort of just sort of took ownership of the brand from the very early part of the journey yeah so so you you wanted to set out on this journey making burgers and people seem to like it but who did you go to for advice did you turn to chefs did you turn to business oh, people? mate yeah <laughs> yeah that was that was that was a time Actually, it's weird, mate. Everyone's, it's quite nice, actually, almost, like, going back because everyone right now is like, what's going on with lockdown? And are we going to do two metres? Social distancing. <laughs> ah! Um, but, yeah, looking back, mate, all the way, wow, that's, that's, that goes back. But yeah. that was an incredible, enlightening, insightful period, really, on the journey. The, the one where I think I could have gone two ways because I am um, very, very stubborn. Um, so, you know, I think like a lot of people and have interesting mate, you know, listen to your show, mate, and you know, it's a recurring theme when someone sort of says no to someone when they have an idea, you gravitate more to doing it. 
yeah. uh, or at least sort of I did. So, you know, I always found that, you know, if someone was telling me it was a bad idea in the, in the weirdest way, I'd sort of thought, okay, no, no, I might be onto something actually. Um, so in, in that period, I was just trying to speak to as many people as I possibly could from a finance sort of background because I was um, in a position where, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of money at all in terms of, you know, putting together a restaurant costs a lot of money. So, mm. um, you know, I was, I was slowly putting together this absolutely pathetic business um, plan, which I still got to this day and is absolutely laughable um <laughs> why is but, it so bad what's what's so oh, funny mate, the, well as in you know I, I went to a friend to put together i mean the branding for a start was hilarious i mean and i love it because you've got to start somewhere but it was like it was like pac-man it was like one of those faces sort of split in two yeah. sort of like two semicircles and i'd never written a business plan and equally they're words on paper and yes you need to understand some form of um you know give some formal projections etc etc but fundamentally you know if you're going to raise money it's about a human connection for me in terms of anyone that's going to be you know backing you more than it is yeah. and and arguably obviously you've got to have a product that sort of backs it up in a vision but um at the time i was speaking to yeah some finance people and i was trying to speak to basically anyone you know like you said chefs wise and industry people that were just you know just for soundboarding i just wanted to just speak to people and and get a feeling of if I was completely mad, yeah. which the large majority said I was. And there were a couple of key meetings that I think really, really changed, well, you know, the direction and I would say maybe, you know, definitely changed my life really in terms of getting Paddy and Bun off the ground. And each one for different reasons. One was um, I met um, a guy called Mark Jankel. Mark has an incredible business called the Food Initiative, which is um, just super delicious, incredible, sort of refined, but incredibly emotional sort of food for high-end catering. Um, and he, at the time, had a company called Street Kitchen. That, uh, him and a guy called Jin Tanaka, two incredible chefs, were doing these amazing um, lunchtime uh, sort of box meals using incredible English produce uh, in the city out of an airstream. And I got introduced to Mark uh, through a family friend. And it was just, I love cooking, but I'm not a, you know, a trained chef. And I knew I had a very clear vision of what I wanted to achieve in terms of the brand, the menu, you know, the sense of quality. But equally, you know, I knew that if I was doing, my, you know, doing the development myself, I knew it was going to take forever. Um, and I probably can, you know, essentially going back to you know, sort of knowing your weaknesses, so to speak. And I knew that I needed to get someone on board to help in, in that sort of development aspect and also, you know, just be there in terms of, you know, being down that journey of kitchen and stuff like that and, and was able to really lend some insight. And I met uh, Mark, I remember sitting, like he's on Broadgate Circus uh, off Liverpool Street. And I mm. met him sort of after a lunch service and, you know, he, he worked a hard service and, you know, just sat down and sort of thanked him for his time you know to start with because you know everyone's so busy and i just we just absolutely kicked it off and our sort of whole ethos in terms of our approach to food and what we love about food and how you know it can really bring people together and and act as an incredible sort of you know very very powerful tool and 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 sort of translating that to what i wanted to do with patty and bun which was create the, the best burgers possible using incredible ingredients and doing all the mise en place and everything ourselves. We just, we just kicked it off. I just left that meeting sort of knowing 
you know, when you meet someone that we could create something really, really special. And, and luckily he was like, you know, I think you're a complete lunatic, but I, I think this has got legs. Um, and I think this has got, um, you know, I'm really, really interested in the project and I love to sort of do something. So that, that was a real game changer because I think at that point I was, I'd, I'd gathered a little bit of momentum and started to, you know, do a little bit of development and sort of had a feel of what I wanted to do with the brand and stuff. But this was hugely like grassroots. So I knew that I needed someone like Mark to really help, um, you know, springboard to the next step. And then, uh, you know, yeah. I remember another very, very different meeting with a, someone that's very, um, has been very, very successful in the industry and grown, have, you know, multiple groups of restaurants and stuff like that. Not ones that I particularly was that fond of. Um, <laughs> and I won't name names, obviously, because I would sound like an absolute brick. Um, but I, you know, again, you, you don't shy away from a meeting, you know, with someone that's, you know, got incredible experience. And my, my sort of thought process was, you know, if I could get one positive or constructive out of any of these meetings, that, that would be, that was, that was the, the aim, really. Mm. Um, so I went in there and, 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 you know, I was incredibly nervous. I had this stupid um, business plan, like I mentioned. And I sat down and he rocked up sort of five, ten minutes late. Um, I said, you know, standard, you know, like, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're probably busy. He was like, you know, sort of publishing. He was like, so what do you want? And I was like, uh, well, you know, I just you've done some amazing stuff and I'd just love to give you insight into I'm thinking about opening this amazing um, quality driven but sort of accessible vibing little you know uh, burger joint food pack bun. he was like don't do it <laughs> just, just just straight out just you know no no, no sort of oh, you know, no positive no constructive just at that time you know into the conversation and you know you're, you're like I said you're very naive you, you don't know what's what really at that point and you know he, he's he's been and is you know very successful and i was just like you know part of me was you know crushed you know you're sort of thinking to yourself okay um and he was like no the food business is very hard you don't really have any experience that was a you know stick to the day job i was like buddy mate i'm not going back to insurance so uh and then you know he he and then the other part of me was like burning with desire and um, absolute belief that even in that moment where I was going to get this off the ground, come in and and get it, and and really sort of prove to myself, and I think to sort of any um, any sort of doubters, so to speak, that that I could that I could do it. But I mean, you know, he he also said towards the end, he was like, look, you know, if you're really really that passionate about it, instead of you trying to go from zero. To like a hundred, why don't you try and do you know a pop up? Um, and at that time, I was just sort of visualizing trying to get site and launch it straight off the bat. Yeah. But again, that was a really great uh comment because I sort of thought to myself, you know what, I need to go and get, get some momentum with it, um, yeah. and, and put the brand and the product out there and start gathering some um traction, so to speak, in order to really use as a springboard into a permanent premises so cool. you know i have to i have to give him credit for that but um and equally it was a, it was a great meeting uh meeting because you know you sort of come away from a meeting like that with a serious desire to prove them wrong i suppose yeah it came i suppose at 
the uh, crest of the kind of burger boom in London. Yeah, mate. People look back now and call it that. <laughs> it's still going, mate. Everyone is it? keeps... <laughs> well, that's what I always find funny. I don't know. We've been going sort of nine, ten years now, and every month almost there's a new burger or something like this that yeah. comes about. And everyone's like, it's such a crowded market in XYZ. But I've just always, I think for anything, any industry, you know, if you've got dedication to quality and value and you can deliver both, then, yeah. you know, then I think you've got a chance. Sorry, mate. Sorry, Joe. I actually cut your question short there. No, no, that was um, my question. It was, yeah. it was, the, it's kind of, yeah, it seemed like it was a crowded market then. Looking back now, it seems almost crazy to launch a burger then. I was going to say, I remember at that time, people were obsessed with ranking the best burgers in oh London. There were all these yeah. league tables and charts. Oh, and Bun was yeah. always one or two, as far as I remember. You know, look, the food industry is incredibly hard. Um, so for me, it was like, we're, we're going to create something that has its own personality, a real sense of authenticity, um, a real dedication to quality, accessibility, um, and, and, and trying to do it at, a, at the most affordable price point as possible. You know, our average spend to this day is about 12, 13 quid. So, yeah. you know, essentially we launched in the recession back when we launched originally on James Street. So I think there's rankings galore and xyz but the great thing about burger is it's subjective to to anyone you know you some people like the skinny smash pay some people like the juicy patty and bum beast and you know the juices trickling down the arm mate and all like you know <laughs> it gets under your fingernails and it's just straight up delicious and yeah. i think just you know one of the things to this day that really is it's quite moving when we hear it and we talk about it a lot internally in the team is craveability and it's just when I hear a friend or someone on an Instagram post or whatever, just being, you know, who's out in Germany saying, I'm just craving a smoky Robinson or an Ari Gold. Yeah. When you hear that, it really does super humbling. And you know that you're on the path to trying to execute what you set out to do, which is just create something that really has a connection. And for me, I think we do something that's very, very unique. Yes. Like the, the spine of what we do is, Hanging burgers, great sides. But for me, the patty was always about creating an amazing experience where every part of the chain is as important as the other, from the music to the decor, but most importantly, the people. Because, yeah. you know, with, without the people, there is no brand. Of really. course. And, and, and I think, you know, culture and, and, and what you sort of stand for as a brand and, and trying to create is, is the, most, the most important thing. And I think yeah. um, for me, the most important thing from, from day one is to, and look, you know, we're far from perfect and we're always trying to improve every single day and we're, we're going to overcook burgers here and there and, you know, 5% of people are always going to hate and that's just the way it is. But, that's you know, we, as long as we're, yeah, as long as we're just trying to, you know, make people happy and, and, and try and deliver the best product and service yeah. that we possibly can, then awesome. And I think, you know, in hospitality, everyone's, you know, obviously the focus is on the customer because, you know, without the customer coming through the doors, um, you don't have a business. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I think for us, it's always been a real focus on if you've got a great team and a happy team, you're going to have a happy customer. So, yeah, um, that's the aim. This was your first business and you were a young man when you when you set it up. You're still a young man now as well, I hasten to add. No, no, mate, I but, feel pretty old. 
<laughs> you're looking feeling, good. Feeling, you're looking feeling, fair. Oh, cheers, mate. That's, that's, that's good of you to say, mate. It's the shadow. You, you talk about the people who work for you, and there must be now dozens, if not over 100 employees. Yeah, maybe we've more. got... Yeah, we... Well, obviously, you know, uh, Corona hit, but we, we, uh, we have about 250 yeah. people in the company that, um, you know, all work their socks off, basically. So, obviously, that's slightly different now with furlough, everyone's yeah. in furlough and we're graduating back, but um, it's been a, an organic growth, I would say. Of course. To, to sort of that point. But how, how did you find yourself as a, a kind of leader, as a manager? Because it's hard, I imagine, having authority when you're young, but especially on your first business. Yeah. What do you like as a manager? What would your staff who are there with you now <laughs> say? <laughs> Woo! Mate, that is a... Um, mate, it's interesting. We should get a couple of them on, mate, to see what they say. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it'll be good. Um, no, good question. I think, you know, Joe, for me, it's been... I think, you know, for all things, it's about, you know, you learn as you go and you... You, you know, it's, it's, it's been... It's been I suppose an in- incredible journey up until you know this point, and one that I'm very excited about continuing to take part into new heights. Um, and I just think every day is different. There's so many moving parts, and especially well in hospitality, but you know, obviously when you run a business, and you just have to learn and adapt very, very quickly. I was very, very green um, in terms of you know understanding. Sorry, not understanding. You know everything that that entailed in in opening up a restaurant and stuff like that. And I just think, for me, that the biggest thing from day one, you know, was you know you lead from the front and very much you know working alongside with all the guys on the floor. Those first couple of years were just the most incredible, energetic, exhausting, um, you know, times. But you know, looking back. They were, you know, we were doing all, you know, we had a very, very small team there when we opened James Street and we had, you know, we were probably all the senior guys. We were all doing about a hundred hour weeks and we were literally wow. like getting to the restaurant because it just sort of took off. So we didn't have time to breathe, so to speak. It was sort of learn quick or, or die, so to yeah. speak. And um, for me, I think, you know, communication, um, and treating people as you would, you know, yourself is, is the most important thing. And just, you know, we, we, there's no sort of set formula. I think you just have to be very, very, you know, humble in what you're doing and just enjoy the process and Mm. just be transparent and just, you know, there's no hierarchy. Um, and that's, that's how I really, you know, what I love in terms of sort of Patty and, and the business, everyone's very, very approachable. And, you know, I know everyone in the company and I go to the shops like all the time. And, you know, I'm a very emotional, tactile person as well, mate. So there's a lot of high fives and hugs. Not so, yeah. not so many these days. No, I bet. Um, but yeah, I just think, I just think, um, you know, I haven't really reflected on it that much over time because for me, I, I, I don't know. It just, it feels just quite natural to, um, to, to sort of go on this journey with a, a group of amazing people. And I just think if you're incredibly passionate about what you do, um, I think that that really, you know, really bleeds into the culture of the, of the company. And, and, you know, if you're there working, you know, side by side with the guys, everyone, and, and you can see that, 
you know, this is really is part of your who you are, then then you know, to me it doesn't feel like a business. And I think for the for the people like the teams around in each shop and in head office and everything like that, I think we all I like to think that like everyone feels like they're on a really defined yeah. mission. And I and I and I think that's quite um um an exciting thing yeah. to, to be part of. So what were your mistakes then early on, or even recently? What what have you learned from? What have been your failures that didn't work? Um, well, I mean, I think, you know, when you're, I think, you know, going back to sort of, I suppose, leadership and then failures and everything sort of rolled into one. I think when you're, when you're, you know, when I started the business, you know, you, you, you know, you're, you're, you're invincible. You think you're invincible. You think, you, you know, it's just like, let's go, keep going. We're going up yeah. the hill. Keep going strong. Let's keep running. Let's keep sprinting. And, you know, you can't do no wrong, so to speak, even though you're learning the whole way. I mean, in the first, I mean, wow, the first six months, there was so much we fucked up. It's unbelievable. But, you know, I, I, like I said, we, I'd, I'd never opened a restaurant. So everything was completely, you know, um, brand spanking new. Everything from like, oh, God, we don't actually have enough electricity to plug in the grill. Oh, God, what are we going to do? Or, you know, you haven't paid the bill or you haven't, you know, um, it's just, it's just so, it was just frenetic. And, um, you know, we just, I think, I mean, you know, here's a, here's a great example really in terms of sort of learning the first day that we launched James street, um, you know, we've done a, a bunch of the pop-ups, but you know, there was a real hype around the brand and everything like that. And, you know, I'd managed to scramble together some funds to basically launch James Street on a super shoestring budget. And, um, you know, we call it a chipboard banger because we literally, you know, stuck chipboard on the walls. Um, and funny enough, like, you know, that's, that's, that is the mothership, man. And that's what people love. They love, they love a bit of rough and ready with that. They're going in for good vibes and a bit of chipboard. But, um, you know, we, we, we had the paper up on the, um, up on the windows and we were get you know gearing up to grand opening everything like this and and you know the team was hyped and i probably had about 25 coffees so i was jacked yeah. like a machine and you know there was a lot of anticipation we'd ordered in a huge amount of you know stock and everything like that and it got to about 12 o'clock um gearing up to like launch and i was like you know final sort of you know, big big speech to all the guys ready to like get completely slammed and like let's go and obviously you know inside you know um i'm absolutely bricking it i mean there's yeah. no there's no the end sort of the anxiety is there anyway i was expecting a huge line out the door rip down the um the uh paper and bam no one there not a soul wow and <laughs> you start to sort of the self-doubt kicks hard and you know still to this day it does but um you know 20 minutes past not one person in and you can start to see in the team around you they're like we got involved in something that maybe wasn't what we thought it was or something like that or you know maybe you know and all this anyway and then you know at this point i'm really really sweating and then half past comes and there bam there's a stampede of about 150 people that just turn up and we've got 30 seats wow. at James Street. So that was the worst service we've ever done. Everything went wrong. Um, 
you know, everyone was, I don't think, I think we served about two people, babe, because, you know, the grill went down, uh, ticket, uh, the printer in the kitchen went down. We were running like madman and everything like that. And I think, you know, you can either, in that moment, you can go one of two ways. You can either just, you know, curl into the corner and just, you know, literally want to die. Um, or you can just, you know, try and give the best hospitality you can and, and speak and be transparent and communicate with the customer. And, you know, we, everyone could see that we were working, we were running around, given like headless chickens. Yeah. But, um, you know, we, we sort of dealt with the situation and learned from it. And, you know, we've got customers that came that day that didn't eat that have been sort of loyal and have come every week since then. So yeah. that, that was one of those sort of moments where I think you have to learn, you know, what's, what's going wrong very, very quickly and try and, you know, get those sort of problems sorted. And I think, you know, that's, that's really the art of, art of, of any business, really, problem solving. I think... Um, you know, up until this day, we're still making mistakes, but we're just trying to learn from them and improve. Because, you know, if you're making the same mistakes twice, then you need to start sort of questioning things. But yeah. I, I think the biggest thing, Joe, has been in this, in this sort of journey is there was, there was a real moment. We had a, we had a site on Redshirt Street in East London. And it was when we were still, you know, really growing as a, as a brand and sort of finding our voice, so to speak. I think it was our fourth or fifth site, something like that. And me being the sort of restless character now, I was like, this site was very, very small. It was about 350 square feet, which is tiny over two split levels. And it had an amazing bar license. So, you know, my thinking was, oh, you know, it's great. It's Stone Zero from Shoreditch House. It's on Redshirt Street, really iconic, great strip. And we'll do like this banging little, you know, late night bar and we'll call it Paddy Barn and we'll do the RE Gold Cheeseburger, but we'll do a couple of, um, you know, sort of side dates, so to speak. And, and, and we'll do it more as a bar and really cool sort of New York speakeasy with that sort of vibe. And yeah. it just confused people because they just wanted to come in and have Paddy and Barn and have a great experience. Um, and they were coming into this you know, adapted version of it that didn't really make sense. And it was a yeah. real light bulb moment in terms of what we stand for as a brand and actually, you know, what we mean to our customers and, and what they really want from us. And fundamentally, that site just wasn't right for Patty and Barney, yeah. its own entity. And we ended up um, selling that site, uh, which, you know, again, if you from the outset said that, you know, nah, you know, you grow to X amount of sites and you have to sell one and stuff like that. It doesn't really come into your mindset. You're just thinking about growing for the right reasons when the right opportunities come about. But I think that site specifically for me in terms of sort of, I suppose, my development and my outlook and, and I suppose real confidence in terms of what, um, what we were doing or what we do as a, as a brand and what it means to people was, was a really, um, significant moment, I think, in the journey, one that yeah. I always remember. So, what is a what do you look for in a site? Then, what's the golden checklist? Is there is it just a feeling? Maybe I get the sense it probably is. I'm I'm definitely yeah, mate. For me, it's it's um, there has to be an emotional connection with the site. You know, in the, the sort of sounds a bit cheesy, but sort of you know, in the bones of the site, you know, you've got to have you've got to feel it in your gut, yeah. so to speak. And we're very much. Um, you know, we're not a high street brand. 
we're very, you know, all our locations are not on the high street. They're all sort of landmark destinations, James Street, Old Compton Street, Liverpool Street. So, you know, you're not, we're not looking for sites that are, you know, full-blown high street. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously the high street's taking serious kicking, obviously, over the last couple of years, um, especially. But, you know, Patty's all about creating that sort of, that spirit and that sense of vibe. So, you know, all our sites, you know, we can be quite flexible, but they, they usually, um, air on sort of the smaller sort of, um, size. So, you know, anywhere between 30 and 50 covers, but because we want to create an energy in there. And I think it's, um, really become part of, uh, very much the, the sort of patty DNA in terms of the sort of music that, that sort of feeling of, um, energy when you come into the site through the people and the, the whole environment. So for me, you know, as long as there's character to a site and it's in a, a, a good catchment that really fits um, with what what we're looking for, then um, you know, community community is a huge huge part of of what we look for in a site. You know, each each yeah. one of our neighbourhood sites is in a community, and each even in the sites in the city are in their own little sort of microcosm sort of community. So um, sort of when you wrap those all into uh, one, you know, that's, that's what we look for. And then, and then you just take mate, a big, big leap of faith. Right. <laughs> that's, and you pray that yeah. it's going to be um, everything you hope for. Of course. The other big development in food, I suppose, has been the rise of Deliveroo and uber eats and people yeah. getting restaurant food they would have never managed to have at home at yeah. home the famous the received wisdom of course with burgers is that burgers don't travel very well not like a curry yeah that that, that's crap it's rubbish it's it's been unbelievable the, the rise of delivery obviously you know now in the in the current um situation it's just completely um overtaken everything obviously because there's no eating dining uh really but you know it's it's interesting because um when you know when when we launched patty in that sort of you know nine ten years ago if you had told me that you know all five years into that you know we'd be doing you know 18 20 percent of our business now is delivery Mm. Um, if you told me that when we start, I would have been like, "What? We are chatting, jabroni, mate. Just absolute, you know, hot air." I mean, it's a tricky one because look, it, it's a huge part of our business and one that you know I love, and we we manage it, and it is part of our business. And you have to look at it as part of your business. You can't just look at it as turn on a delivery tablet. You're going to generate more income because if you do yeah. it that way, then fundamentally you're doing it for the wrong reasons, and the quality of the product just won't be there whether you're doing curry or burgers or Chinese or pizza. I think, yeah. you know, it takes a huge amount of um, management and, and over, over, you know, overseeing it and, and really tweaking it every single day. And I, I got into food because I love hospitality and I love the experience of going to restaurants and sitting down and the energy and the space and, um, you know, getting around a table with group of mates and, you know, just everything about that sort of restaurant experience that I think we're all craving now more than ever. Yeah. And I think what's been super interesting to see and obviously, you know, changing times in terms of 
just socially people have less time convenience everything like that and just you know it just naturally gravitated towards more and more delivery and i think when you combine that with tech um and the ability and the i suppose the sort of the push to to create you know your product that can travel as well yeah. and, and be delivered in, in a really really delicious you know state still and just you're still bringing that love and that sort of paddy and bum wrapping to someone that either you know you don't know their circumstances doesn't have time to go you know out to the restaurant um can't be asked long day at work cooking for the family not a good cook wants to cook but you know just everything so i just think you know my initial thing when delivery was starting to kick up was very much um you know, I was, I was quite anti it. I, I, I sort of thought, you know, this, I, I wasn't sure that it was going to sort of take, so to speak. And then, you know, people would just be like, no, that's nuts. You know, you want to go to the restaurant or something like that. But then as you start to acknowledge and, and really see that it's, um, you know, here to stay, stay, so to speak, and equally that, um, you know, you can do it and you can do it with a, a lot of passion still sort of deliver an amazing product. Um, you know, why not? I think I know there's a lot of people that, you know, don't want to do delivery and that's absolutely fine with them. But, you know, for me, a, the, the burger travels incredibly well. Don't get me wrong, the chips do obviously lose a bit of temperature. And when we get the odd, yeah. um, you know, email in saying, oh my God, the chips weren't as hot as the restaurant. I'm like, are you kidding me? Come on, come on, come on, please, please <laughs> work with us a little bit. You know, we're trying. Um, you know, and, and I think it's definitely, it's, you know, it's just part of the culture now. Delivery is part of the culture, but yeah. I don't think it'll ever, even now, obviously, um, given, given Corona and the whole sort of situation we find ourselves in, in terms of easing out of lockdown and people obviously going to, you know, stay working at home more and ordering in more whilst obviously, you know, complete, um, um, huge sort of increase in home cooking which is amazing because you know i love cooking as well and much as but um i still think you know it will obviously never overtake you know eating out because you know that craveability you, you can't replicate that incredible sort of emotional experience you have when you go to an amazing restaurant or your local cafe or go to your you know get a great coffee and have a chat with the barista and you know all that jazz i, I just think that sort of human interaction yeah. is what we all crave for and and um i think um whilst delivery is incredible um i still Not think eating deal. is the champion yeah, yeah. i quite Mate, agree yeah for sure and I, I and i think i just think you know balance yeah i've got you know balance yeah. that's what it's all about that's right so we've had the burger boom we've had the rise of <laughs> delivery What's the next trend? Yeah. Where would you put your money if you had to start a new food venture right now? DIY boxes. Hey, there you go. What, what um, does that mean? Oh, oh, pattern no, you know, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, yeah. DIY boxes, mate. Retail, baby. No, <laughs> I, I think it's weird, mate. mate. I've been asked this before, this sort of question, and I think I've, I've got to be honest, Joe, mate. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of like trends right um or the word trends even though you know some would say that you know we were you know part of the burger trend or whatever i just i fundamentally just believe that 
you know, whether it's burgers or, you know, whatever, sort of Vietnamese or anything, if you, if it's, if, if, if you're approaching it with just trying to do something that's, you know, individual, um, you know, amazing quality, um, great value for, for what you're trying to, you know, do with your own sense of style and, and interpretation, mm. I, you know, I think any food type, there will always be sort of innovation and there will always be, um, you know, someone else creating and trying to push, um, you know, any food type or any business for that matter. And, and I think that's, that's the, the sort of the joy actually of it that, you know, there is no pinnacle to anything. It's just sort of your own individuality and your, yeah. and your own approach. And I, and I, and I, and I, and I, that's what I love. And I think that strive, that, that strive to push further and, and create in whether it's food, um, or, you know, any form of business, I think that's what, I think that's what's really needed and needed to constantly improve and yeah. push the bar. And I think that's really exciting, actually. Well, let me ask it a different way, that same question, because that's a good answer. I wonder if there's anyone you've ever seen recently who you think, God, I wish I'd have thought of that. Or so a new concept that's come along that you think is particularly exciting. Oh, good question, Joe. That's mate, you put me on the spot there. Um, food specifically or just general? Well, let's let's or broaden just, you know, out just everything. Let's go general. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, you know, any anything in, in, in tech is pretty pretty impressive. And I got I've got to be, you know, we just started using Shopify for um, for you know our DIY yeah. boxes and stuff like that. And funny enough, I was actually listening to the the guy that um, started it on the. How I built this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, mate, love that. Bit of guy, bit of guy time, yeah. mate. Um, and it's just an amazing, amazing business. And fundamentally, you know what? I didn't, I didn't even, I didn't even know it existed. Um, yeah. You know, because I, I didn't really need to, and I hadn't really come across it. And then, you know, as a result of trying to fix a problem, i.e., you know, put together a box boxes for lockdown, that's why I said we can. You know, we obviously use Shopify, and it's, it's just an amazing business. Yeah. Know? So I wish. And, it, and it's a business that's driven on, you know, trying to help sort of independence and, and get out there and, and still customer service space. I think, you know, that on a broad scale is, is a really amazing business. And I think there's so much innovation um, in London, you know, specifically sort of all the time. Um, it's hard to actually yeah. sort of like put, you know, put my finger on it. But, um, you know, just, I, just, I just think food in general, the really, really great, great food and restaurants um, in London, obviously, you know, sort of grew up, uh, born and bred in London, they, they just, they stand the test of time. They, they constantly push you to, to try and improve your own game. And I think, you know, great inspiration, even though it is, you know, don't go uh, very often because it is, it is it's quite expensive. But the River Cafe, which yeah. is, you know, I've been going for 33 years now, um, and, a, and a true, true institution. And the thing I love about there is that when you go into that room, you forget about what's going on outside. Yeah. You just go in and they make you feel, you know, like that's the first time you've ever been there every single time. And I just think that is an incredible thing to do 33 years in. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they've got 
you know, half the team have been there for 10 years plus and they go there to have a career. And I think that's, you know, for hospitality, I think that's what we all strive for, to have people, you know, and, and, you know, alongside you that really believe in the mission we're trying to do and, and build um, and take it to another level. And so, yeah, I think, you know, they're, they're a great inspiration in just terms of how yeah. you know, different part of the market very much to what we do. But, um, you know, similar, you know, we, we have a very, very similar approach and what we want to sort of achieve in terms of building Absolutely. Um, a real heritage, heritage brand. So, yeah, I don't know how well that answered the question, mate. But um, No, that did answer the question. I think that's a nice cross-section of, of, of things you admire. Yeah. I don't know. It's 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 interesting. There's, there's incredible businesses, mate. That I'm sure you know you come across yeah. a lot more than I do. And I just think um, I don't know. There's a, there's a, the, the the common um, repetitive um, strain in all of them is real yeah. passion for what they're trying yeah. to do and a, an element of problem solving. But what fundamentally trying to be is sort of quality driven, I suppose, in whatever sector it is. Yeah, of course. You tell me you've listened to this podcast before, so you'll know that we ask everyone a set of kind of quick fire questions at the end. Oh, God. I didn't actually think of any, mate. Yeah, go for it. Well, that's fine. But you've got to, yeah, these have got to be as honest as possible. I suppose that's not going to be a problem. Shit. Yeah, yeah, mate. Honesty, best policy, baby. Absolutely. So, what would you be doing if you'd never set up Patty and Bum? What do you think you'd be doing instead? I think. It's weird, mate, because I have heard you say these questions three <laughs> times, but when, it, when it's asked, it's like, I don't know. Um, oh, maybe try to play professional tennis. Professional tennis? Maybe. Well, are you so good I was at tennis? decent. Yeah, I used, to, I used to play a lot, mate. Wow. I used to play, used to play a lot, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely, I've got no backhand now whatsoever, but okay. the forehand is still, still whips. But um, yeah, maybe I would have gone for that because I think wow. uh, my dad, my dad uh, still thinks he's going pro at the age <laughs> of sixty-nine. So there's you know, always time. Maybe we'll go for that. Yeah, there, there's still time. Still Good. time. What's your worst habit? Oof. Got a few. Um, got a few, but I would say worst habit is. It's, it's quite hard actually <laughs> um, I'd probably say just relentlessly pissing off the, the team with constant barrage of emails to the okay. point where they you know they really do want me to take a holiday a lot right when was the last time you did take a holiday that's um, I'm, I'm alright mate I'll, you know, I'll, take, I'll take more like you know three days like you know three days off like a lot of three days off. I think that's good, good sort of balance. I think the last last holiday to I went for um oh wait, we went for oh we did a yeah no I did, I went with a few mates for a twenty four hour tear off in Paris. Nice, okay. Absolutely and a lot of food and drink was obviously consumed and yeah. That for me is inspiring and release. Yeah. I can imagine. What's the most impressive thing that you can cook, Joe? I'm actually, when it comes to cooking, mate, I just I like to keep it super simple. I mean, my, my, my go-to is um, just um, just a lovely fillet of fresh salmon, a little bit of olive oil, 
couple of slices of lemon, some dill in some tin foil in the oven. Mm. Let it cook for like 15 minutes. Take it out, serve it with some knockout slow cook butter beans with loads of lemon, olive oil, some uh, spinach. Wow. And a banging um, salad with some French dressing, mate. That's Go great. fresh. Counterbalances, mate, the burgers. Yeah. That's the, um, yeah, that's, that's my, I probably eat that like three times a week. Actually. Wow. That sounds brilliant. And yeah, what, mate, mate, it's tasty. Yeah. What's been your biggest failure or regret so far? Have you been, had any big flops? Have there any burgers at Passing Bun that have just not taken off? Um, I've got to say, mate, been, no, been quite lucky in the sense of like, you know, the burger sort of aspect. You know, I would probably say, you know, the biggest sort of flop was, was why, you know, mentioned earlier, which was the Red Church Street yeah. um, site, which, but equally, you know, it had an amazing uh, positive that came out of it as well. So, you know, take the good with the bad, so to speak, yeah. um, to just learn from it. But, you know, touch wood. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously this whole situation with Corona is 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 a challenging one to say the least, but we will, um, you know, we'll learn, we'll come out with some some scars, no doubt, um, but we'll learn and we'll try and improve and we'll mm. kick on. What, uh, if you could learn one new skill, what would it be? Anything Ooh, in the world? Uh, I'd actually love to, to get good at baking. Okay. I mean, that, that's, you know, I'm just... It's, it's, I don't know, I'm quite fearful of it. Yeah. Just always, can never, can never get bloody sourdough right or anything like that, mate. But, you know, I, I would like to, yeah, I'd love to like become a little wizard baker, actually. And something that I should probably, well, considering what I do, I should probably spend a little bit more time down in the bakery. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think I'd love to, um, bakery or surf. I'd like to learn okay. how to surf. Nice, that's very maybe that's because I'm dreaming about a lovely beach yeah. right now with some waves. Just yeah, I'd like to, yeah, actually, yeah, I'd like to do a barrel in Hawaii, mate. That's what yeah. I'd like to do on the surfboard. That would be, uh, that would definitely be something that I'm you know gagging to do in my lifetime. I think you probably will. You've got the hair for it now, yeah, mate. Yeah, man, this is it's coming, mate. It's, it's grown. No hairdressers in lockdown, baby. Tell me about it. Um, yeah. No, mate, your crop's looking pretty good. Well, it's good, but I <laughs> thin it with uh, some thinning shears. I did that the other day. Oh, there you go. Quite there long. you go, mate. Yeah, but yeah, mate. Well, mate, I certainly don't thin mine. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's out of control. But um, no, mate, that, yeah, I think that's, uh, yeah, that would be, that'd be my, my, my question. Brilliant. My answers. Hope, hope that doesn't fool your daughters too much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it will. What phrase would you like to banish from the earth? Pivot. I'd just like to banish right now, pivot. The word. Pivot. Yeah, it's just, the, every, with everything going on right now, it's just it's pivot this, pivot that. And I'm trying to use another word, yeah. mate, sort of from it. Adapt. But I think phrase, yeah, adapt is also just, it's just relentless. But I think a phrase... Um, That's good. Pivot's good. I like that. Yeah, I'm I'm having a bit of a blank on the phrase. No, I think right that's now. good. I think that's strong. I that yeah. that is overused. Yeah, it's just you know. Yeah, right now, I'm, I look, I, I look. It's all about pivot, but it's just <laughs> I'm just you know. What have you done recently for the first time? Um, 
Well, I haven't done that much, mate, because it's been locked down. Yeah, that's it's tough time to ask that question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite so hard, mate. Um, actually, you know what? I'm, I'm cycling around London a hell oh, yeah. of a lot more, hell of a lot more, which has just been actually awesome because you know pre-corona and all that jazz. Well, I say all that jazz, but pre-corona, you know, it's just, you just. I'm usually sort of on the tube or you know driving mm. here and there, but actually when you're cy- when you're cycling around London. Especially when the roads are obviously quiet, it's actually just been, yeah, it's been awesome, so nice. And like you know, I think again another sort of silver lining in this whole thing is you know, there's London's amazing, and like you know, it really when you cycle around and see all the different aspects of it, because we've got sites, you know, quite spread out all over London. It's yeah, really gives you, um, I suppose, a sense of pride in terms of, of you know. Um, you know, I know London's got its issues to say the least, but um, you know, it is an amazing, very, very diverse place. So it's been awesome being on the bike and actually Yeah, I agree. Getting around and, and seeing all the little nooks and crannies. Yeah. Uh, and seeing how it's all connected as well. You don't get that on the ground. Yeah, big time, mate. You sort of just pop off the side street and you'll buy an amazing little sort of secluded hidden park and yeah. And then you, you know, then you you know, go up the Easter Road and suck up some fumes <laughs> and then get back to, you know, wherever and yeah. something's different. Something that's always sort of slightly changing. It's, yeah, it's, it's a pretty great place, actually. I agree. What's your most treasured possession in the world? Other than my family. Yeah. Obviously, mate, my little, <laughs> my little munchkin. Um, I would say... Actually, my actually, I'd say actually, I'd say my car. Actually, a, car. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a night. It's like an old school nineteen eighty five G G wagon. So wow. it's just like a beaten up, but like soulful. That's cool. So yes, yeah, it's, it's a it's a cracker actually. Mate. It's an absolute cracker. And I, it's just it's just it's got a lot of love in there. It's got a lot lot yeah. lot of history, and I think. Um, you know, it's just, yeah, really just love it. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, I'm just enjoying driving it every now and again. Of course. Basically. What book has influenced you the most? Or what book do you most often find yourself recommending? don't really have a lot of time to read, no, which I'm, <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to do more of. Um, and also, you know, I am incredibly uh, restless. So I do actually probably, you know, probably a strong dose of ADHD mate, as well. So I do struggle to actually like finish the books, but um, (laughs) you know, they're Danny Meyer, the amazing restaurateur, Union Square Group Hospitality. His books at the table is just, you know, like, I mean, most people in the restaurant industry have read it all, but it really is a sort of go-to on, um, on uh you know hospitality and his sort of his journey and his sort of principles and i you know i remember very very early on in our sort of in the early days of patty when we sort of you know organically growing the head office and you know you're trying to you know rile up the the team with you know motivational speeches and everything here there and everywhere but i remember buying everyone one of his books and I'm not sure actually if everyone read it i'm going to double check that but um <laughs> it's just got some amazing inspirational stuff in there and you know, he's, he's, he's very much an inspiration in terms of his approach to hospitality. And you can really see that in the way that, you know, 
you know what he's created so yeah um i think that's pretty pretty amazing read actually if you're interested in of course not even food and drink but just sort of leadership and, and just generally growing yeah michelle rue jr actually we did a page on him in the magazine last oh, year I legend think. he said legend. that was his his number one book so yeah yeah you can't it's, it's yeah nice <laughs> it's a classic man it's a cla- yeah. i mean i i actually end up reading just a, a, you know a lot of uh, cookbooks mainly mate and i just find them incredibly um relaxing and yeah you know when you get the good ones and there's you know snippets of the storyline as well yeah um you know they're as powerful as, as some of these you know um sort of big reads so to speak so um yeah plus they get you salivating to cook so <laughs> It's always, it's always a good one. Absolutely. And finally, do you have a personal motto or, or a phrase that gets you through? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I actually sort of do, mate. It's not really... I mean, there's actually two, actually. Yeah. One, one from day one, I always sort of tell myself every single day, which is there's no substitute for quality. I really yeah. believe that. I just think that, you know, whichever part of the sector you're in, uh, or industry, I just think, um, you know, quality is the most important thing and you always want to be striving to create, you know, the, the, the best quality, whether it's burgers or, you know, whether you're doing three-star Michelin or you know, whatever. I just think, you know, you always want to be striving, you know, for, for the best quality possible. And then um, there was a great, um, was a great line, actually, that um, I was... Uh, the music mobile, you know, Jimmy Iovine. Yeah. And it was actually, it said, um, you know, if you can turn fear into a tailwind instead of a headwind, then you've got something very, very powerful there. Brilliant. And I just, that just really, really hit me like a bullet because I think anyone that's starting a company or anyone growing a company or, you know, just, you know, there's always fear. There's always fear of failure and there's always, stubbornness but you know and there's you know I, I fear of failure every single day but I think you know if you can turn that you know that fear into a real sort of you know put it behind you and turn it mm. you know put the turbo booster on then you know then you've got something very very powerful there and I, I really yeah. really like that line that's great I've not heard that that's brilliant yeah no it's, it's a good one isn't it mate it's a nice it's got you really sort of yeah. it sort of it hits you quite hard it speaks to everyone because um, we're all slightly scared yeah yeah of course everyone's a little bit insecure 100 percent. and i think you know when you have that fear um you know when you can really um highlight what that fear is and then you can you know use it as a motivator i think that's incredibly powerful yeah um and yeah so i think you know that's that's something that really struck with me and i think about it quite a lot yeah it's been wonderful to talk to you joe i wish i could be with you having one of those beers we were, I know, mate. It's so uh, yeah. Patty pills available in the DIY boxes as well. Excellent. Well, that's the first thing I'm going to do. I like, is this where you go to commercial, mate? This yeah. is where you go to commercial. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, mate. Yeah, I've, mate. Really enjoyed it, man. Just thank you for, I suppose, having me on and hopefully I didn't deviate um, and chat too much. That's um, what it's about. Shit. It's about yeah. deviation. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm quite known for that. So, yeah, mate, thank you so much. And it's, it's been great talking. And fingers crossed we can do it soon uh, around, um, 
around an actual restaurant table. Absolutely. Well, if you enjoyed that episode of the Gentleman's Journal podcast, you'll almost certainly love the Gentleman's Journal magazine, the world's finest dispatch from the front line of luxury, entrepreneurship and style. In fact, lucky podcast listeners like you now get 20% off our annual subscription. Just enter the code POD20 at thegentlemansjournal.com to find out more.